Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I am your host, Danny LoPriori. You are now tuned in to the number one mental health podcast in the world. Let's go. Off the Cuff, Off the Cuff. Uh, 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 off the Cuff. That's how DJ Premier would do it. Skippity, wetty, set, seppy. Off the Cuff. Off the cuff, yo, mental brains, mental, mental health. Yo, I got my brain game fire. <laughs> yo, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. Here we go. Uh. Yo, off the cuff, off the cuff. Just got back from the therapist. Get off my nuts. Yeah, I had to tell you once or twice. Better talk to me nice Came back just living a life I'm locked down So much snow in the air I'm eating day old rice Forgot to go to Whole Foods, y'all Y'all know the drill <laughs> But we out here, cuz We out here Alright Peace <laughs> Welcome back to Off the Cuff um, The best mental health podcast in the game uh it was my birthday this weekend uh it was a birthday where i really felt the sense of like you know when you have a birthday and you're like you know what i don't really feel like going out but you have the choice of not going out you know i didn't have the choice of not going out this year so it was just kind of like oh damn my birthday is trash you know so it's like yo i can't do anything for my birthday so that made me kind of sad. But then I was like, you know what? On, on on most of my birthdays, I usually feel like a little bit of sadness. I don't know why. I don't know. There's like this weird like birthday um, depression, I guess. Where it's like, you know, you get a little bit older. Like I'm 32 now, so it's just like, yo, I'm a little bit older. I'm a little bit whatever. I'm a little bit, you know, eh. But, like, for some reason, I had that moment for a little bit that day. But the rest of it was just, like, I was just so happy to be alive for some reason. Because, like, I feel like as people, we spend so much time just, like, thinking about all the things that... It's not that they don't matter, but they they hold precedent over things that are more important. So it's like, listen... I look at it as an opportunity to grow. Like, I'm having another birthday... You know, I'm lucky to even be here. I'm 32 years young. All right. Uh, I'm in the last deal of my uh, max contract. The last year of my last uh, max deal, probably. So I got the max. Um, you know, do I want to go out as a guy that's just going to bounce from team to team? Uh, you know, uh, a guy that's um, going to ride the bench? Am I going to go out on my own recognizance? Is that, is that the word? Recognizance. Steve. Yeah, you got the right word. Um, you know, and it's, and it's something for me where I'm realizing, like, the older that I get, I feel like the more willing I am to learn. And I don't know if people felt this way in school, but I wish I felt this way when I was a kid because I would be really good at learning. But, um... That didn't hit me till later. Um, I attempted to, you know, 
first of all, I wanted to thank all of you guys. You guys sent so much love to me on my birthday. It was unbelievable. Um, and that's another thing that got me through the day, too, was just seeing, like, yo, there's so much love from the shows. And, um, you know, f- to be able to do something where I can impact lives every week is something that's really special to me. But, you know, I'd be I'd be f- lying to say that to not have some outpour uh, of love towards me doesn't really, you know, didn't affect me. Like, I didn't care. I'd be a liar. So, like, to have this and people that resonate so much with the show being able to take time out of their day to send me a message and tell me they love me or they love the show or, you know, they just want me to have a happy birthday. And, like, that means so much to me. (sighs) So I wanted to thank you guys. I wanted to thank you guys so much. It was a great birthday. I sat right here in this corner and I meditated for like two hours on my birthday uh, before all of the snow and all the craziness. And, uh, you know, it was just like a beautiful, beautiful session for me because I was just able to really put myself in a position where everything was quiet. The dog was asleep. I was just chilling on my own, you know, and I was there and I was in the moment. And just taking care of myself in a way where I felt it. Like, I felt like, all right, I'm on, I'm either on par to where I think I need to be mentally for the rest of the day or above that. So I kind of, I kind of did that. And that feeling of coming out of like a meditation session um, and having that feeling of like, all right, I accomplished what I set out to do is like one of the most gratifying feelings in the world. So being able to do that is like really, you know, a lot of times I meditate before I like I fall asleep. So to be able to stay awake through that and like kind of have the rest of the day, like I'm trying to meditate earlier and earlier in the day and just to be able to accomplish that. That was like, that was like another amazing birthday gift. It was awesome. Um, but you know, and then one day it's sunny and it was cold. Don't get me wrong. It was cold, but if you could see what New York looks like right now, you would be like, holy fucking shit. It is that bad out. I think we're going to get 18 inches of snow. I took Silvio out in the snow before, and he pooped right in the snow. And I went to pick it up, and I actually kind of formed a snowball with it by accident. And I was like, I'm over the snow. I'm over it. I'm over it already. And it's still coming down super duper hard. So fucking hard. Oh, so hard. So, like, for me, I was just like, yo, you know what? Um, This week, I just really wanted to get some questions from the fans because you guys were so amazing on my birthday that I think you guys deserve to uh, get your questions answered by me. You guys gave me a gift. I want to give you a gift. So let's get into some of these questions. I had people submit them on Instagram. Uh, I'm really excited about this because it just feels like I'm having a, a, a dialogue with you guys. And that's what one of the goals that I set out with this show is to be able to have a monologue with you guys and be able to set up, you know, some kind of correspondence that we have on the weekly. So this is just like a great, great feeling. Um, so other than that, 
let's get into it. Okay. Let's see. All right. This is from Joseph. Okay. His question is, do you think your substance slash alcohol abuse was related to your mental health? We'd like to hear your thoughts on how they are related. I too struggle from both. Just had five years. Love you, man. I work in the substance abuse field. Huge fan of yours. Have a still fat tattoo. I fuck with this and any of your work heavily. Yo, shout out to my man, Joseph. Shout out to my man, Joseph. Thank you so much, man. Uh, the fact that you have a still fat tattoo uh, is amazing, but also at the same time, I need to see it and I need to talk to you about it. I think I've seen this. I think it's on your arm here. Um, you put it right here, I believe. So, uh, again, thank you so much for the love and support. To answer your question, uh, they're 100% related. Um, for me, I always felt like I was in control of my life, but a lot of it was just... How do I put this? I, I want to give a timeline, but like, all right. So like, I, I guess I started drinking when I was in like eighth grade. So eighth grade, I started drinking. I started getting drunk, drunk by like ninth grade. Um, and that kind of just stuck with me through, you know, up into my late twenties. So for me, I had a situation where I was like, you know, I always thought like, Hey, this is like the social thing to do. This is what everyone's doing, which it was, but I never really thought about how, like, formative those years are. Like, eighth grade, all through my 20s. I was a pretty heavy drinker. I would drink a lot. And when I would drink, I would drink to get f fucked up. You know, until my, I, my, I, my body built up such a resistance to alcohol. It was kind of like, you know, I started, like, dabbling with, like, liquor and stuff. And then liquor is, like, the real fucking one that's just so... Awful, but thankfully I never got too much into liquor. Um, with substance abuse, for me, listen. When you do any type of drug, you like the way it makes you feel because it doesn't feel like what you usually and normally feel like. That's why you do it. You know what I mean. So for me, it was definitely uh, it definitely coexisted with my mental health because I wasn't happy where I was at as a person at that moment and I feel like other people weren't happy with me either so it was just kind of like you know I'm letting everybody down or I'm letting everybody you know form a an opinion about me that I don't believe is true but if enough people tell you something or you tell yourself enough of something eventually you're going to think it's true eventually you're going to think hey listen you know, maybe I am this type of person, maybe I am this, maybe I am that, or, you know, and you make a lot of mistakes along that way, it's not like, my thing with my mental health is, and the way that I look at it, a lot of it was my fault, you know, I feel like in this field, it's a lot of like, you know, you know, so the stereotypical stuff, like, stereotypical, stereotypical stuff, like, you know, uh, my father didn't express love to me as much as I wanted him to, or like my mother didn't, or, you know, everyone has their different things, but I never really realized that I had a lot more control than I did. And it took me getting sober to really understand how much control I had um, over certain things. And there's still things that I hustle, uh, that I struggle with. And um, like, you know, like food and uh, sleep deprivation and, you know, uh, trying to get myself more organized in a world where it's like, you know, I'm taking care of myself you know, 100% completely, 
And it's like, you know, it, it's a very difficult time to form good habits because of the way the world is working right now. You know, it's very easy to stay in bed. It's very easy to, uh, for, to abuse, you know what I mean? It's very easy. Like everyone has an excuse, you know, a lot of people working from home as am I. And it's just like, yo, it's like, listen, I have to take this, however long this like COVID thing is going to go on and like use it as a blessing to figure out these other things that I associate with my mental health and, and things that I see as stimulants and things that I see as, uh, not, not necessarily crutches, but like the feeling of like, it's always something, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, there's, there's something in my mind that's telling me that I always need something. And that's where my mental health definitely would, um, coexist with alcohol and substance abuse for sure. Um, but it's just about changing habits. If I can change the right habits, I'll be in a lot better shape. Um, Literally and figuratively. Joseph, great question, bud. Thank you for the still fat tattoo. Send me another picture, though. I want to see it again. Um, okay. Next question. Sienna? Sienna. I hope I said that right. Uh, hey, Danny, thanks for speaking about things that need to be brought up. Was just wondering from, uh, was just wondering from your perspective. Are drugs or therapy better for mental health conditions? I know everybody, she means prescription. Um, I know everybody has to go through their own journey, but which have you preferred? Well, I've been very open is that I'm on uh, medications for mine. Um, and, you know, I know people who don't use any, you know. Um, nothing is preferred. And, like, listen, it's like I'm not a mental... I'm not a mental health professional, but, um, for what I was going through, the medication helped me severely because I was in a situation where I could not function as a human being. And, you know, my medication, my dosages have gone down, but I still use medication. And I feel like there's a big stigma on medication. And listen, there's certain things that you need helped and alleviated and you know everyone's brain is wired differently you know i just so happen to suffer from a certain condition um that affects my mental health greatly so it's just like you know for me to it's, other people can look it'll be like you know medications a, tr a crutch or antidepressant it's like listen dude it's like i just want to have a happy life i just want to be able to live my life you know, and even with medications, though, sometimes I'm still like super anxious and have to deal with shit, you know. But for me, uh, I speaking from my own personal journey, medication, yes, has been fantastic for me because it's changed the entire uh, fucking like aura of me. You know what I mean? Before this, I was all fucked up. And I was able to like just get my life together and that just put me on the right track to, you know, take care of myself. And that's the hardest thing is to be like, oh, you know, like I don't want to go on medication because this, that and big pharma and they're controlling my mind and all that shit. It's like, listen, dude, if I could handle it without it at the moment, I couldn't handle it without it. My dosages have come down. Um, but 
for me, I can't have a situation where um, I'm off of my medication because it just forces me to not be myself. You know, it's I I don't nothing about my medications make me this way or that way. It just lets me enjoy myself. Now there there are some side effects to certain ones where, you know, uh, drowsiness. Um, some people get sick, headaches. Like there are some things you have to deal with. But for me, medication was my journey and therapy. So, you know. If you could get through it, I always try to say, if you can get through it without medications, go for it. If you have to go on something, uh, just do it the safest way and always be in contact with your doctor about what you're putting in your body. And, you know, when it comes to your mental health, everything's worth a shot. Everything's worth a shot. So, you know, I'm neither rooting for nor against. I'm just saying that for me, medication helped me, you know, get my life back on track. Great question, Sienna. Sienna? Sienna. I hope I got it right. Please don't get mad at me. I tried my best. Don't judge me. Okay? Here we go. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm so stuffy because the heat is on in here. So apologize if I'm like... Doing that every once in a while. I'm trying not to do it, but it's just so stuffy in here with the heat being on. It's like, you know, I sound like a fucking cokehead. Uh, Okay. Uh, This is from Chelsea. She said, I struggle with complex PTSD and my dark episodes are super hard to get out of. It's nice when someone comes out and just fucking openly talks about your mental health. Why do you decide to be so raw about your experience because it's the real thing. You know, I feel like stuff we see on TV, um, comes and goes. It's very oversaturated. It's, um, it's very like cookie cutter. It's like, I just like to tell you guys stories about, you know, like how I was so fucking panicked and out of control that I thought like people were coming to kill me. Like a part of me, a part of that is funny to me, but in the moment it's fucking terrifying. But like, you know, I stayed up for three days thinking people were coming to kill me that I had no idea who they were. And it was like, I was completely different fucking person. It was crazy. But like, you know, I think the rawness is what people are attracted to in terms of like this show. But I also think people appreciate you being honest about making fucking mistakes in your life and, uh, you know, knowing that those mistakes hurt people close to you or, you know, um, going through a personal journey where you were hurting yourself and other people around you and being able to come out on top of that. You know what I mean? And, and it's still an uphill battle. It's still an uphill climb. But to just know that, like, listen, I could look down and I'm, a foot higher than I was yesterday, like, I'll fucking take it, you know? And and I have a lot of post-traumatic stress just from panic disorder. You know, like, if I feel one coming on, like, oh, my gosh. It's like, you know, I start fucking shaking. I got, you know, I'm more afraid of the actual panic attack than, you know, the panic attack. So that's what I have to remind myself is like, this isn't my first rodeo. I've been here. You know what I mean? But like, I still have moments, you know, you know, I still have health anxiety where I have to throw an oxometer on because this COVID shit, you know, 
it, it's the real deal. It should be scaring me sometimes. But, you know, I just try to be as real and as raw as possible, especially when it comes to this. This is something I'm so passionate about because I see how it affects people. You know what I mean? I was in a psych uh, unit. I saw how this affects people on a daily basis, and it's not just me. And people need this help, and people need these discussions to be had. And it's really, really sad to see that people can't get the help that they need or people can't talk about it the way they want to because they're afraid of what people will say and what people will think. Like, that fucking sucks. You know? And, and you know, I don't, I don't think of myself as this brave figure or whatever, but, you know, if being brave is just being honest with myself and being honest with you guys about the shit that I fucked up or, like, you know, if it helps you make one less mistake in your life, I'll take it. You know, that's that's what it's about. That's what I want it to be about. And that's what I'm aiming to do. So uh, thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate that very, very much. Okay, this question is from Mango. Yes, the name is Mango. I am the mango. There's a great sketch on SNL about uh, Chris Kattan plays like this male stripper. That's like, no, 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 no. Yes, he's a male stripper, I think, the mango, and it's hilarious. Just check it out. Uh, mango asked, uh, what, do you pers- <clears throat> what do you personally do when you reach that stretch of time where nothing is enjoyable? See, the state of enjoying nothing is the wor- is the real thing. That's That's when you know you're struggling with depression because... Nothing matters. There's good things, there's bad things. Like, if I'm sad, I never say, like, yo, I'm depressed. Because I could feel the sadness. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I could, uh, if I can feel something, I know I I haven't gone too far off the deep end. But uh, what I personally do in those situations is, dude, as corny and as cliche as it, like, sounds, is I talk to people about it. Because I know that even if, they're just saying it to make me feel better. The fact that I've brought it out and brought it to the table is an accomplishment by me. I I've been able to, you know, find and set up a network, you know, of people that I do talk to about my issues, but having these, these thoughts only in your head is like a recipe for disaster, especially when like, like you said, you're going through, um, you know, a part of the week or the month where it's like nothing's enjoyable. And I know that fucking feeling too. So my thing is, as soon as that stuff sets in, you just have to talk to people about it. Don't worry about being a burden to anybody. This is your mental health we're talking about here. And we can't do this alone. We're human beings. Human beings can't do anything by themselves. They can't. It's just, it's impossible. You know what I mean? We all depend on each other to... You know, whether it's love each other and embrace each other or make sure your cable works. Like, you know, like we're all depending on people all the time. So don't be afraid to depend on people. And if you feel like you don't have people, there are people. There are people. You just have to put the work in. And that's the hardest part is when you're feeling it and you're trying to get in places and you're trying to get into a doctor's office or you're trying to get in touch with somebody. And you can't. And it sucks, dude. It sucks. It's it's the worst, but like trust me, I know. But you just gotta keep going, keep going, and I promise you, once you get to that landing spot where you're expressing yourself truthfully to yourself and truthfully to other people, you're gonna feel that shit. So you gotta remember, dude, you're not in it alone. If you ever feel that way, shoot me a DM, and if I see it, 
you know, we'll have a conversation, man. I'm here to help whoever I can help. That's what this show is all about. Love you, Mango. All right, this is from Manisha. Manisha says, hey, Danny, love that you are putting emphasis and stressing the importance of mental health. Do you believe that unhappiness and anxiety are linked to feeling lonely and depressed? I am almost 26. I turned 26 on Sunday. Okay, happy birthday. Um, and I have not yet had my first uh, real relationship yet. Um, listen, relationships are something of a... Uh, okay, so let me handle the first part. Do I think loneliness and anxiety go hand in hand? Yes, in a, in a way, because if you're more anxious, you're keeping to yourself more, which is going to force you to be lonely. You know what I mean? Anxiety and, and, you know, people have different kinds of anxiety. People don't like to be in big rooms or they don't like to be around big crowds, and that's understandable. But for me, that was one of the parts of my anxiety where I was actually able to put my skills that I learned through therapy, like, to the test. Like, I would honestly go out more because I was like, listen, like, I need to do this. Um, also, the other thing in terms of you haven't had a first real relationship yet, you're 26, It's don't hinder too much on your age and don't hinder too much on in terms of you know, what a relationship is to define you. Because if you're just looking to get into a relationship, I guarantee you odds are you're going to get into one that you don't want to get into for lack of prior relationships. Um, you know, when I see young people, well, younger than me, um, who are looking for that, I feel like I've seen a lot of people end up either settling or, making decisions, uh, based on, you know, I have this one core desire or this one need to be in a relationship and do this. There's a lot that you yourself, I'm uh, speaking to you that you can do in terms of, you know, whether it's a confidence thing or whether it's a happiness thing, you have to really figure out why you think you're alone. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not a, it's not something where, you know, this, that's not all your fault that why you're alone. So like the, the stars don't align for people. There's people that go into their forties and get married. It's like the world is a different place, but just be protective of yourself at the same time. You know, um, I know it's different with women cause there's a biological clock, but you know, like the world is different now. You know, I'm 32. I'm not married, you know, um, I have a beautiful girlfriend, which I'm very lucky to have. Um, but, you know, for me, it was a situation where don't put yourself in a situation where you thought you had to do it. Don't, because it's going to be very tough for you. But, you know, do I think loneliness and anxiety are linked? 100%. But if you're lonely and a, mo a lot of it is coinciding with you being anxious, there's things that and in tools attributes that you're going to have to gain and that you, those you're going to have to gain on your own. Don't look for somebody else to help you do that. Uh, and by someone else, I mean like a partner, you know what I mean? You want to be the best version of yourself before you get into a relationship. So listen, you're young, you're good. Take a deep breath, you know, 
don't stress too much on just being in a relationship. Very good question. Here we go. Let's go to the next one. Uh, this is from Marissa and says, what would you contemplate? Would, what would you say to someone contemplating suicide right now at this very moment? That's a deep question and a dark one, but I want to answer it because I feel like, like we just talked about talking the raw shit. Um, listen to someone contemplating suicide. I always say, you got to think about the people that who's, I looked at it like this. If I were to kill myself, I would ruin so many lives. Think about how many lives you would ruin. People that you love. Think about that. Think about how much longer they're going to have to suffer than you did. Because you're go- you're going to be gone now. And we're here to pick up the pieces. And we're not going to be able to pick them all up. You know? And, you know, when I, when I was going through mine, what I was thinking about was, listen, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to kill people with this. I'm going to kill people's souls with this. And for me, I just couldn't, bear to think about what it would do to other people so you know that's what I usually that's that's what I think about I think about my family and stuff my friends no they they would all have to ask that question why forever can't do it to them you shouldn't either That's the best question. Okay. This is from Tay. All right, Dan, been a big fan of you of yours for years, from Vine to the Basement Yard. You have brought so many smiles and laughs to my life, even in my darkest days. So thank you, thank you. Uh, just wanted to say I love the new podcast and need to ask a question. I've struggled with bad anxiety disorder for many years, and I've lost a lot because of it. It makes me very antisocial, and I feel like I've lost 90% of my friends because I can't get myself to go out. I always flake on plans because I'm worried about socializing. Any ad- advice for digging yourself out of a pattern on isolation? Yes, go. Now, it's a little bit different with COVID. You know, you got to be a little bit safer, a little more, you know, in the brain. But just go. Just go and let your friends know. Let your friends know. Because when you try to hide that from them, it's something that they would probably love to talk to you about. And just be like, listen, guys, I'm really anxious. I'm going to come tonight. You know, I'm sorry if I'm a certain way, you know, because friends will only they can only text and call you so much. You know, if they don't know what's going on with you, you have to be honest with them. You have to come to them with something like, listen, I know for a fact if I tell them this, they will have a reaction, whether it be positive or negative, but the communication needs to be better for you and um, being able to 
address that with them, I think will go a long way and they'll be able to support you in that because you don't want to miss out on life. It's a tough thing to get back. And you don't want to miss out on friendships. Friendships are great. But um yeah. So that's what I that's what I would suggest to that. Get your butt out there, girl. All right? Start slow, then get your butt out there. Uh, here we go. This is from Dan. Another Dan. Hey, Danny, as someone who struggles with mental health issues, I just want to say I love the new podcast and the light you are shedding on mental health. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I lost my mother to cancer back in 2018, and it's changed me. I haven't felt like myself since that happened, and I just felt lost. She was my best friend. What question is how – my question is how do you get past a huge loss like this? I try to stay busy and do things that make me happy, but it seems no matter what I do, I'll never be myself again. Thanks again, brother. Keep up the good work. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, um, first of all, I'm sorry for the passing of your mother, Dan. That's tough. I can't even imagine. But I know a lot of people would say that, you know, your mom wants you to live a happy life, dude. She does. She does. And, you know, as people, we mourn. We mourn hard, especially when it's people close to us. Um, and listen, for you to want to be the same person, there's a there's a frame of mind that I and, and a idea that I picked up from my therapist where I was like, listen, you know, I want to get back to the old me, and and you know, and he was like, listen, the old you is gone, but that's okay. You know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's, it's okay to feel that hurt of losing someone. But you have to be able to almost like reinvent yourself. You know what I mean? And keep that person close to you. And, and that person's always going to be with you, dude. You're their blood. You're inside. They're inside of you. You know? And, and your mother would not want to see you uh, go through what you're going through. And, you know, you can't be afraid to look at life a little bit differently and, you know, realize that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. It's okay to feel broken down. It's okay to feel like, you know, the world's kicking my ass right now. But look at it as a challenge. Look at it as something like, you know what, you know, my mother would want me to get myself where I need to get. That's who you need to think about in those moments. Think about what she would say to you. You know, I don't know what your relationship was like with your mother, but it sounds like, like you said, she was your best friend, and I can't even imagine. But I know for a fact that if she was your best friend, <clears throat> sorry, think about my mom. Uh, if she was your best friend, she would want you to live a happy life, dude, for her. If not for yourself, for her. You know, so that's the advice I would give to you. You know, I've uh, thankfully my parents are still here, you know, and uh, I'll pray for you. But I know I can't understand that because I've never gone through it. So it's something that I really hope that you could find within yourself. You could find the drive to make yourself happy because that's what would make her happy, bro. That's what that's the truth. All right. I think we have a couple more. Let us see. That's the worst thing about like Instagram DMs. There's like top requests and like general requests. I'm like, who's running this show over here? 
You know, it's like, hey, listen, what's up? This was here once. All right, now it's gone. Uh, here we go. This is from our friend Brad Watson. Brad Watson says, how can we hold white therapists with private practices accountable and provide equitable solutions for impoverished communities? Now, this is a great question because a lot of people that listen to the show, they tell me, you know, I can't find um, somewhere to go. Um, I can't find, you know, the right place to be. And I really hope this doesn't sound a certain way but like for some reason like your doctor is like a fucking status symbol in this country it's so fucking weird it's like oh this doctor is the best one or this guy's this and it's like they become like hospital celebrities and shit and like they're impossible to book and like they don't care it's not i don't want to say they don't care but it's like oh like they're gonna die like yeah but it's like i'm backed up you know, it's like this weird supply and demand, and then money talks. Money makes anything shake. Money makes them shake, you know? Um, so for me, um, what I did was I didn't want to go to, like, some hotshot therapist. And realistically, at the time when I was going through it, I couldn't afford it at that time. And, you know, I go I go to a therapist in Harlem. Um, you know, most of the counselors are... Uh, either black or Hispanic or and for me I felt more comfortable there because uh, I don't know I felt like I could communicate more with them than like you know I, I get intimidated by like the, the fucking the hoity toities you know what I mean they make me feel a certain way they make me feel dumb kinda but um you know I mean that's a great question but you know, we have to understand that sadly there is a class system in this country, regardless if people want to believe it or not. Um, even when it comes to healthcare systems, you know, healthcare, education, uh, finance world, this is this is the shit. This is the fallout that people have to deal with. You know what I mean? I wasn't able to get good insurance until I was thirty. You know what I mean? These people would rather me fucking die. And I had a $4,000 copay. $4,000. Oh, I had a $4,000 deductible. Excuse me. Yeah. And then the other one I had was a $7,000 deductible. Well, you know, so what a deductible means is anything up to that you have to pay for. Anything over four grand, you, you can like go. So I had to pay out of pocket for doctor's visits, medications, all that shit. The health system is not doing enough to help people who are impoverished. It's just it's just the facts. You know? And this is one of those things like I was seeing like this thing on Wall like people what people were doing on Wall Street. And like, you know, it was just like, dude, it's like as much as like we want to take like that back, the health care system is something we need to take back. If we all were just like, yo, we're not fucking paying. You know, it's just it's weird because there's other countries with universal health care and they're doing just fine. One of them's Canada. 
And, you know, I don't know all the mumbo jumbo and the technicalities or whatever, but, you know, there's a lot of people paying taxes and I'd rather get my fucking head checked than this fucking pot in the street. This pothole outside, you know, I think um, the healthcare system is just like everything else in the world. It's rigged. And it's a real fucking bummer. Um, and I could give some like answer being like, well, we'll talk to your legislation and talk to people. And, and that helps. It really does. But we as a people need to change this entire thing. And hopefully uh, with the new president in there, he makes that a much more accessible thing. But that's a real true issue that we're dealing with there, bro. I appreciate you asking that question. Um, okay, so we answered as many questions as we could in that span. I'm just looking at my dog right now. He's looking at me like he wants to pee, but I don't care. It's snowing outside. Um, honestly, I've been so lazy. I've just been like, yo, just pee, just pee in the bathroom. This is why we need to train dogs to pee and poop in the toilet. If they could learn that, it would be so dope. It'd be so fire, like Jinx from uh, Meet the Parents. Um, and guys, listen, okay? We don't know where this COVID thing's going to go. Sadly, we don't. But we know that every day we could try just to get a little bit better. And these are going to be my exit words. Every day... Try to do something where it's a little bit better, whether it's something a little bit better, whether it's something like making your bed every day, something small, doing the dishes, taking the garbage out, walking your dog. I don't really want to walk, but I'm going to walking your dog, talking to somebody about your issues, talking to somebody about your feelings, confronting someone in the right setting. About something that's been bothering you. These things that are weighing on us. We've had more time with our own thoughts this past year. Than probably any of our last years. If that makes any sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? So this is time for you to build yourself up. Do the things that you've been afraid to do. Ask the questions you've been afraid to ask. Talk to the people that you've been afraid to talk to. Um, unless they're strangers, don't do that. Um, you know, be, be willing to make a sacrifice in your life. Be willing to put yourself out there. Be willing to talk to somebody about your issues, but also be willing to listen. Be willing to listen. We all want our voices to be heard. But. If people in this country and in this world did a lot more listening, I think we'd be able to be in a lot better shape than we are now. So with that, I love you guys. You guys are the best in the business. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Uh, You know, oh, next week, um, a patron will be the guest on the show. Um, So if you are on the Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. You can enter any tier to be on the show. Um, but yes, we will be joined by one of you. Beautiful people. Okay. Um, I love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Remember to take those steps to get better every day. And we're going to do it as a team. All right. All of my guys out there on that eight week workout. I know I'm looking slim thick. 
Hope all you guys are doing that. Keep me updated with that. You know, check out the Instagram uh, at one uh, and one OTC and listen. Check out one and one life for all your fitness and wellness needs, whether it be financial, whether it be physical and whether it be mental. Okay, everything for you is on that website. Go to one and one life.com. Check them out. They're the best in the business. I love you guys. Peace. Peace.